Hey everybody, welcome to, uh, hi, hi, hi there. Hold on now, how are you? Just was just trying to just barrel right into this thing and I just didn't stop and check in with you. How, how, how are you doing? Um, and I mean that sincerely. I know I can't hear you right now and you might be answering me and this is a recording, you know, but, but I'm recording it right now, really wondering how you're doing. So I just want to say that. I think we need to stop uh, more often and just say, hey, whoa, 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 how are you doing, really, um, right now? And I feel that way. I'm glad you're here, and I care about how you're doing, and I really do wish I, I could know. And, you know, please reach out if you want to let me know. You can email us at pod at yg2d.com to, to just say how you're doing be cool to hear from you there but also you know all the all the ways to connect through you're going to die you can go to our website at yg2d.com you can find us on twitter at you're going to die and instagram at you're going to die and facebook you know you're getting you're getting the idea and you're getting the idea that you're going to die and that this is a podcast about that reality that fact of being alive the fact of being alive that that you're going to die that we're all going to die and this is our this is our offering to that conversation this creatively conscious mortality podcast is our way of kind of making room for for that fact of life and and somehow source it you know it's hard and it's it's brutal sometimes these conversations and I often hear from people that listen that they needed to just stop the episode that they're listening to because it's a lot but then they also are like but I need it and I'm glad it's here so I want to acknowledge that again for those of you that are listening that are like yes 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 you've heard me say that before but it just bears repeating that it is it's hard what comes into this space and just a heads up you know trigger warning today you know, we talk a lot, the guest and I, about alcoholism and depression and suicide ideation. And so that's just a heads up. And you're like, whoa, 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 give me something funny about a new Top Gun movie that's come out. Or or my favorite actor uh, just sharing about their life story and how great it is to be famous. And, you know, like I listen to that stuff sometimes too and I need it. But I also just keep coming back to these kinds of conversations. And yesterday, as an example of a different version of this, is is going to one of my cancer patient workshops and, and being with someone who's talking about their treatment and how it's going and, and the fears that are coming up and the, the tears that came forth listening to them and, and all of us holding this, this community member, this human being, this mortal, this fellow mortal who maybe more than anyone represents the end because of where they're at with their cancer treatment. And, and I just cried my way through that workshop, you know, 
and it's hard. But I also leave that conversation and that space feeling more alive and, and more present to what matters more than ever before. And, and I'm not saying there's not stuff I'm still needing to work through to figure out that balance, but I believe in it. I know there's nothing I'd rather do than be in these conversations. And so welcome to this version of that. You're awesome for saying yes to this. And you might just be here for our guest, and that's okay. But I, I, I like to think that you getting this, this guest, maybe an artist you follow, hearing them talk about these parts of being alive, which maybe isn't a stretch for them, but matters to me that, the, that they can be here and share these things that maybe other shows don't make room for as easily. Like, that's what I want to happen here. And so welcome to that. You're going to die the podcast. And our guest today is another musician. And I, I feel like there's a disclaimer needed to say. It's like, why am I listening to a, a conversation about mortality and death and dying? Why isn't there a doctor on, a palliative care nurse, a hospice worker, uh, a therapist dealing with grief? You know, I, I, I know the show is a place for that too, and it has been, but musicians are a compelling go-to for me. And the reason why, and, and you'll know from listening to the conversation, the reason why is partly because the musicians have been teachers for me over the years. And a, and a recent episode with Ani DeFranco is a version of that. And an episode with, with Amelia Meath from Sylvan Esso and an episode with Wesley Schultz from the Lumineers. The reason why I'm, I'm more clear right now, I want to say it, is because they, they've been through darkness. They've faced death. They've been in loss. They've dealt with grief. They've, they've been in the thing we all share the suffering of being alive and like not everybody can somehow they made something out of it. They made meaning out of it. They gave it value towards the future. It's like going back to be with the dark to create hope for what's ahead or at least like knowing and understanding and connection and more aliveness. And so that's why uh, I have another musician for you on the podcast and, and, a, and an extra special musician because they're an old friend of your going to dies. They, they have been a part of our shows in the past, a curated event, a concert, an open mic where musicians come and help hold the space and show us what's possible engaging with these things and field medic, AKA Kevin Sullivan is like such a good example of it. It was so nice to talk to them because it felt like I just got to be with a friend and connect and talk about these things tenderly and kindly and, and caringly. And also they're just badass musicians. This is a badass musician with great music that I listen to in my favorite music playlist regularly. And that's the introduction. The introduction is that to this episode. And Kevin Sullivan is the artist behind the Freak Folk Project Field Medic. And he's been making and releasing music as Field Medic since 2013. And I think it's probably not long after that that he was featured at one of our You're Going to Die events. And I don't think there's anything else to say. We got the trigger warning. We got the fact that we're going to die. We got the the like why musicians conversation again. We got the what does it mean to be in these hard things together. 
Uh, I think, I think, especially for those of you that haven't listened before, that's kind of like covers all the bits. Um, but also if you're thinking, you know, I want to know more, I, I want to dig in a little further. Like we're out here. This isn't like a podcast and that's all you get, you know, connect up. We have live in person events happening in the San Francisco Bay area coming up in the fall of 2022, as soon as September, multiple events happening. But also we offer online workshops for grief, but also just email and say, hey, I have this question or I'm hurting about this or are you down for a conversation? Like that's what we're here for. Community, engagement, being together matters so much more than ever, I'd say, during times when things sometimes seem so hopeless and meaningless. That's my entertaining introduction, my beckoning you forward to stay with us and keep listening. Subscribe to this podcast. Like I have to tell you, after over 10 years of doing this kind of thing, it's worthwhile. It'll make your life deeper and richer. I'm feeling more than ever that when you have grief, if you don't go forth into that without like drowning in indulging in the grief and making it your identity, but like really doing the work of it, during, doing the work of these dark parts, these losses, the death, the dying, our mortality, my belief proven by over 10 years of doing it is that it, it, it works for making your life matter more. It's hard as hell, but it makes life have more value. It reminds you of how precious it is and it makes you pay attention to what matters more than ever. Okay, uh, I'm gonna just <laughs> get off this soapbox real quick and stop talking and let you just experience it through this episode of You're Going to Die the Podcast with Kevin Sullivan, aka Field Medic. It's, it's like you can't stop. Um, and I've so many hundreds of times I've just declared I'm quitting to myself uh, yeah, yeah. when I'm, when I'm, when I'm struggling and I'm, and I'm having a moment, I'm like, I, once I finish this album, like I'm quitting music. Mm. I can't do this anymore because you're continually putting your feelings out there and, and expressing yourself in a way that is at times, you know, it's sort of up to the judgment of others. And as more people are listening and there's more ears and eyes on you, there's a lot of opportunities for, you know, people to have opinions that aren't nice yeah. or aren't favorable. And although, you know, I first and foremost make the music for myself because I love doing it and it's really helpful for me to process my emotions. And then, you know, I guess, secondly, hoping that somebody out there can hear it and as we said before, see their reflection, yada, yada. But, you know, it's hard to just, if somebody is just hammering you or, or having like a, a really bad opinion of your music or judging you based on how you look or how you present yourself, it does start to hurt and it feels a little bit dehumanizing because it's easy to not realize that behind field medic, there's a person named Kevin who's mm. just a, a guy who, you know, plays guitar and loves recording songs and has made it his life's journey. So I definitely think at this point, there is some times where it can be difficult to remember the main essence of the music is the 
the joy in the creation of it and the healing in the creation of it um, and sort of get my mind off of uh, what, you know, the label or the management or who, or the booking agent has as far as goals mm. and, and, you know, milestones we want to reach because, you know, I would like to reach them too, but not if it's going to affect um, me finding happiness in my creativity and, you know, you sort of get, you start getting pulled from a lot of different angles. And I think the, the value of the music changes based on what people around you may, you know, someone might suggest like, why don't you make a song that's more hopeful or something mm. or, you know, and it's like, you know, I would, I, I will, if I feel that way <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I'm not going to do it just because I think it's going to be, right profitable or something. And so I won't, I won't make any concessions with my songwriting unless it's like, you know, let's say Beyonce calls me up and (laughs) she wants me to come help her co-write a song about something extremely specific. I can do that. (laughs) Yeah. But when it comes to field medic stuff, it's like, uh, I just, uh, you know, and this actually kind of relates to your question too, is that, um, field medic began as a side project for my other band, called Rin Tin Tiger. Right. We were like a street band. I remember. Um, and when I first began Field Medic, it felt almost like a a cape. I don't want to say a costume because it wasn't a costume, but it was like a cape. Mm-hmm. Like the Field Medic moniker was this uh, thing that I was developing that was totally out of my own brain, like, you know, recording to cassette, the VHS music videos, the like, you know, ex- exaggerating like the the mullet, repping the mullet super hard. Like I was really like coming into myself as a person mm-hmm. and, and like exploring what I could do with my creativity if it was just all up to me. And I think that throughout the years, Field Medic has become, the cape is like tattered and torn. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's just like, it's almost, it's like just a couple steps away from just being Kevin. Yeah, And that is where, it starts to hurt sometimes where it's like, I can't even, I just am field medic mm-hmm. to many people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like some of my friends call me field and I, I wow. don't have a problem with that, Yeah, but it's like, it used to be this sort of protection and now it's just pretty much me. Mm. And so when it comes down to, it, it can hurt, it can wound rather. I think wounds a better word there, but it just sort of becomes my whole life. And I, almost lose touch with who Kevin is speaking of like inner child and playfulness, like Mm -hmm. everything sort of circles back to field medic Mm -hmm. and that can be difficult to process and try to make space for me just as a, as a person and not as an artist. Well, what do you, what do you do? There's just this isolation we've all experienced, especially over the last few years. And so I'm wondering about, um, your kind of community connectedness lately, like how, how you source that for um, sort of the similar sort of, sort of healing or, you know, grounding, whatever you want to call it. Um, and what that's been like for you, especially coming out of the pandemic or during the pandemic. Yeah, that's actually something I've been dealing with as well with some difficulty because I, I'm a pretty introverted person um, and I like to spend time alone. And I feel like before the pandemic hit, I was for, first of all, I was sober for like 
eight months up until then. Um, and I was getting better at, yeah, before the pandemic and I was getting better at socializing and not using alcohol as a way to get more comfortable with that. And just balancing, just everything was going well. Um, and then when COVID hit, I kind of slipped back into my natural habitat of being very inverted and isolated uh, because obviously, I mean, everybody was, yeah. especially in the first you know year and a half, two years, it was very scary and, and confusing. Mm. So I got used to just being alone and, and now that the world has, you know, opened up again to some capacity, I find myself feeling a little bit like some of those social skills are a little rusty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I'm trying to, I don't think force is the right word because it sounds too strong, but you know, when somebody wants hits me up and is like, we should hang out. I'll be like, yeah, we should sort of put myself into that situation instead of being like, no, nah, I, I can't, mm-hmm. you know, for no reason. Cause sometimes I'll do that if I'm just feeling anxious or, or socially awkward. So I think I'm getting the skill set back mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, I'm lucky that I have a pretty good group of friends here in LA that, um, who I, you know, talked to and saw a handful of times throughout the pandemic as well. And, uh, the community is good. I can really feel it coming back together and, and mostly, most importantly, like me willing to accept that they are there Mm -hmm. and that they want to hang out and, and me not hiding for some reason. I, I I tend to isolate myself when I'm depressed, Yeah, which I know isn't uncommon, but I'm trying to remind myself that the, the antidote to that is usually putting yourself out there and, and hanging out with your community and remembering that your friends are there and they love you and you love them. And, you really get perspective on what reality is when you leave your room. Yeah. Because if you stay in isolation in your room and especially in my case, you know, previously and you're drinking alcohol copiously, you start to believe the narratives that you create in your head to be concrete truth. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think about it like the theatricality of our emotional state, you know, where it's like the main character in this, like on this lonely stage. And I know that seems sort of trite, trite way of putting it or maybe over dramatic, but, uh, but I really do feel, especially being someone who is creating space regularly for togetherness, the reminder of what you just described that part of what we need is to pull ourselves out of the main character role and be with other people as like a, a cast, uh, you know, just to kind of carry the metaphor through. But but more importantly, the way to describe it is like the humanness of getting to see someone else, not even just to get from their joy and connecting to that, but also like seeing someone else's hurt and knowing when you're with community, part of what we're getting is like being with somebody else's pain. And so then we're decentered from like the drama of our own, I, I think. Um, so I really relate to that what you described there. I think, you know, helping someone else through their situation, whatever it is, is always a really good way to, as you just said, decenter yourself and, and you get to take your mind off of something that you may be fixating on or are convinced is the worst thing in the world. And you realize that, you know, you can still help other people 
And then that also allows you to open the avenue to realize that other people are probably willing to help you as well. Mm-hmm. Want to. And because I think, yeah, I think the hardest part of dealing with difficult emotions is feeling worried that you're going to be um, a burden on somebody if you ask them for help. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, I think acts of service and and even just chilling sometimes even if whoever you're hanging out with isn't going through something, you just realize it's like, oh, this person is just happy to be sitting here drinking an iced tea with me. And it's actually a nice, it's a beautiful day and we're just people and and no one is, no one who's walking down the street is, you know, giving me a weird vibe. Mm -hmm. Like everything actually might be okay, at least in this moment. Yeah. We need those moments. We need those moments. I feel like uh, there's a, a friend that I made like you through you're going to die. Um, he's a writer and performer and I don't know. I just saw him post something this week that was just him saying, sometimes you just, he's very active. You know, a lot of his posts are about like what's going on politically, what's going on globally, you know, not, not shy about really engaging with those things and vulnerably creatively, his name's Ed Wolf. And he posted a picture of his friends having ice cream, you know, and it was just this simple post that just said, sometimes that's what we need, you know, these places Mm -hmm. to arrive and be like, oh shit, like this iced tea is damn good. And this person I'm with is <laughs> feels really nice to be with, you know, almost more than ever. Maybe we need that stuff in contrast to all the other shit, you know? Yeah. Those, those are the great moments of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering about the touring. I know you just did a tour, uh, I think mm-hmm. maybe ended a few months ago or maybe a little longer than that. And I'm wondering how that is for all this, you know, like, does it create more connectedness or, is it kind of lonely because you're traveling a lot? You know, what, what, and then also you could even share a little bit about what it, that I feel like maybe that's the first tour you've done since the pandemic um, tour. Yeah. So it was, it was the second one. I did one tour in October. That was the first one back. Um, and, but I mean, the, the feelings are similar. Um, tour is interesting because up until now, uh, I toured just by myself my accompaniment was a boombox with some beats on it. Yeah. Um, and so I play guitar and I use the boombox for beats. And it's been cool because I just get in the headlining band's van and, you know, I'm very small footprint uh, on the stage and in the van and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be really, it's a weird combination of very lonely and very connected mm. because let's just say from the the performance perspective, I go up and let's say I'm opening for somebody that has a lot of fans. Let's say I'm playing for 800 people or something. And if it's a really good show, everybody in the audience is like, you know, listening to the quiet parts and like, you know, clapping along to the energetic parts. And I, when I'm in that moment, I literally like everything that I'm worried about or, bad feelings that I'm having are completely like erased from my mind. Mm. And I feel so joyful Mm -hmm. and so happy. There's been moments where I almost shed a tear (laughs) because it was so beautiful and it felt so amazing. And I felt so grateful to be able to let my music, to play my music for these people that were giving me back such good energy. Mm. Um, And so there's that moment that's amazing. Uh, And then 
because I tour with no band, then there's the moment where after that show, you know, the curtain closes metaphorically, not a lot of venues have curtains anymore (laughs) these days, but (laughs) yeah, the curtain closes. And then I step back into the green room and I'm just alone Mm. because the, the headlining band is, you know, playing now and I'm just backstage in wherever Salt Lake city or something. Mm. And, and I'm just, then all of a sudden a real sadness can kind of take over for me Mm -hmm. and become a a challenging emotion because I think to myself, that was such an incredible show. I'm so grateful to be able to play music for my career. And, and yet I feel empty inside right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel confused as to why I would feel that way. And then I feel guilty for feeling that way. And then I'm, you know, there's a lot of things that come up on tour um, that, yeah, that are hard to deal with and, and it's weird. And so it's, it's really like, it's the best, the best thing ever. And also the worst thing mm. ever. It's, it's similar to the masks. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what tour feels being, like. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. It has both elements. How do you do that moment? I mean, I'm kind of crying a little bit first from you describing the joyful moment, but also feeling like something that I relate to. I just feel like there is this way, especially as entertainers, because I know that that's part of how I end up in You're Going to Die is my like my my need and my love for for performance. But there's just the like contrast of something as high as what you described. And then I can count on personally the inevitable crash on the other side, maybe right away, but even it could be a days later. But that like low, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, it's just almost inevitable. And uh, I'm like, what do you do when you're out on the road alone in a moment like that? I know I keep throwing it, throwing this question at you, like help us. <laughs> Because I can yeah, imagine people well, listening to that and being like, well, what then? What? How do you deal with that? Yeah, so I mean, I think first of all, it kind of comes back to the, the subject of being sort of introverted and prone to isolation because luckily I'm not fully alone because as I said, I'm usually in the van with the other band and we're sharing mm-hmm. hotels and stuff. So there's definitely like beautiful friendships that come from that as well. So I try to be, when I start to have this overwhelming feeling like I need to go hide in, in a hole somewhere, it's like, don't, don't go hide in a hole somewhere. Yeah. Just go hang out with the other yeah, band and like it. connect with them as people. Mm-hmm. And, and so trying to be more conscious of being social and putting myself in a situation that shouldn't feel uncomfortable, but for some reason, for someone like myself, who's fairly introverted does mm. Um, there's actually a really funny story about this. Um, one time I was on tour, I was playing in Washington where the, at the, I was at the 930 club with this band called Cave Town. Why is it Washington DC? If I'm wrong, any, any gig players or, <laughs> yeah. or tour knowledge people, forgive me. We were at the 930 club and I remember I was going to walk to the Buffalo Exchange uh, which is like maybe a mile and a half away and get some food. And I was having that dialogue that I was just describing to you where I was like, I really want to kind of go by myself 
but I feel like I should like ask if anyone wants to come because maybe someone else wants to look for cool thrifted fashion and stuff. Um, and so I asked one of the, I asked everybody and this one guy said he did want to come and I was like, cool. And at the time they were doing this. So he was the guitarist of the headlining band and he had taken one of the, the crew's uh, walkie talkies with him to see if, how far we could get from the venue and still communicate mm-hmm. with them. Um, and we were walking. And so we had like the pretty like serious, like walkie talkie on his shirt, like in his, in his back pocket. And there was like somebody like walking, like really close behind us and like popped out. And I feel like they were trying to like steal my phone. Cause I was just on my phone and they popped out and like looked at me and then they looked at him and they were like, Oh shit, are you security? And then they like ran <laughs> off. And, and I was, I was almost thinking like, I feel like this was a sign that like I did the right thing by having this person with me, uh, because this would be potential phone theft was just evaded because the, uh, because of the walkie talkie uh, making it seem like I had personal security. Um, and I could be wrong, but it was just a really interesting Mm. encounter. And that I feel like the more that I put myself in the place to, try and talk with people and, and let people into my life and into my moments, even if it's as simple as just walking down the street before mm-hmm. a show, it's always yeah. good. It's a good thing. So, yeah. You're like reminded. Yeah. Trying to invite positivity into right. my life and connectedness. Going to Die the Podcast is made possible mostly from listeners like you. So this is just a moment to stop and say thank you, kind of settle a little bit in the midst of this conversation, and center you, our little ear canal bringers. Those of you that have liked us on Spotify, that have shared your ratings and words of review on Apple Podcasts, thank you so much especially those of you that have become patrons through our Patreon account, patreon.com forward slash YG2D. Thank you for those of you that have done that. You know you're making this easier for us to do. It's already worthwhile for so many reasons, but the financial support certainly helps. The ratings, the reviews, the stars, they all help. So if you're listening today for the first time and you happen to be on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or your own podcast listening app, please pop on there right now. Take a second and just hit a star review. Show us that you're listening. Show us that you care. And we'll see it. We're paying attention. We're paying attention to you, that you're out there and you matter. And so let us hear from you in that way. But also, yes, absolutely become a patron. You can become a patron for as little as $1 a month. And $1 a month equals $12 a year. And that is a chip in the workload for us financially. So know that even that amount matters. But you can do more than that too every month. So go to patreon.com forward slash YG2D and we'll put the link in the show notes too. Super easy for you just to go in there and click the link. But almost more importantly than anything, 
sharing it too with people you care about. If this episode's striking a chord with you and you're suddenly like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of my friend or my family member or that that stranger I met the other day, uh, well, that wouldn't make any sense. I don't, I don't know how you'd get in touch with them unless you guys exchanged information. What a cool follow-up though, just to send them a link and be like, hey, it was really cool to meet you. Here's something I listened to that matters a lot. <laughs> Um, and it might come across as, as intense, sending them something called you're going to die. And I get it, but let's be real. It's true. So all those things are things to do. But more than anything, most importantly, thank you so much for listening to You're Going to Die, the podcast. Your ear canals matter so much to us. Thanks for letting us get inside them. So in a little while, you're going to hear a track from Kevin, Field Medic, remixed by Nick Jaina, our producer and sound engineer extraordinaire. And it seems really fitting to be able to share this particular track. It's the one in Spotify of all of Field Medic's songs that's listened to by far more than any. And it's only 40 seconds long about and I think maybe there's like almost 8 million listens to this this particular track. And, and you'll understand why any of that matters after you get to hear it. And better to hear it before you hear about it. So we wanted to share it with you now as a real specific example of why I love musicians so much. And why musicians belong in these conversations, belong in episodes of You're Going to Die, the podcast. Because they take their experiences, sometimes from the dark, and they give it back to us as salve, musical salves, musical medicine, um, wrapped in a little gift box of creativity and expression and process and catharsis so here you go just relax my friend you're overthinking and even if there is a problem there's a solution remember to breathe with your mind at soon as feelings Yeah.
paths, you will find relief. It's funny because that that song was actually the reason that somebody on my team was like, you should make oh, more wow. hopeful songs. And, and I was like, that song to me is good because it's it was just in the moment. You know, it was it's an MP4 like ripped from a video that I shot. And if you watch the video, I'm truly panicking mm. at the time. And I, I never expected it to have that sort of those sort of legs on it. I actually almost deleted it like shortly after I posted it of because I felt course. very uncomfortable yeah. with it, which is, I mean, I guess that echoes totally. what I was saying earlier in the conversation. Um, and so when they say, you know, make more stuff like that because it performs so well, I'm just like, you know, that I just made that because that was mm. how I felt mm-hmm. at the moment. And I'm not going to mine. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm opposed to making hopeful music, but as I said, you know, I have to get how I feel out of my heart into the world. And I don't want to have that be, I don't want there to be this other line of thought when I'm trying to create, like, but is this going to stream as well as, you know, just relax my friend. So, but I am super happy that that song has been able to connect with mm. so many people and especially people that I don't think, I mean, people that it's on like, you know, Instagram reels and stuff. I feel like it's people that don't even know about yeah. field medic, but it's this message yeah. that seems to resonate with people on like a human level. And I'm just really happy that I was able to have a song. I'm happy that a song that has so many streams is mm. hopeful Mm-hmm. actually because it's cool to know that there's a positive message like radiating out because a lot of my music is somber and mm-hmm. bleak and i hope that more people feel less like mm-hmm. that yeah and i love that that song is so directly connected as almost uh offering you know like hey listen to this if you're having a panic attack like i just imagine people that's how they relate to it you know and getting Mm -hmm. really through the sorcery magic whatever it is because that's the thing i feel and our our listeners have heard me talk endlessly about this but you know you're going to die is is built on the musician community as it is on anything else. But part of it is this this way there are musicians in my life who know how to take what they're feeling and some kind of like human experience and create something in a little box to give to other people. The episode with Amelia Meath um, from Sylvanesso, you know, that was a moment when I got to kind of articulate that best talking with her, which is like, you're a version of to me and have been since, you know, we put the show on all those years ago, but that you could take something that specific that you were literally going through and then now just give it away. And, and no surprise have everybody, you know, all these people need it, you know, just like you did. I love that. Yeah. And, and it, and it feels it's, it's healing in a way too, Mm -hmm. um, to know that my moment of, strife you know in during the inception of the song literally has now you know people will message me sometimes and say you know like this x y or z just happened to me or i'm going through this in my life and i just sat down and like listened to this song for like 30 minutes straight and it like really was the only thing that pulled me out of my head or whatever (laughs) and i'm just like dude that is so that's so amazing and i'm so grateful that that i can be of service Mm -hmm. in that way too Mm -hmm. because 
you know, once again, just back to the theme of the whole episode, it's like, there's a reflection and that's like, now they're reflecting back at me and I'm able to go, Oh, like I'm not alone either. Yeah. Because if you're saying that this makes you feel less alone, now I feel less alone because mm-hmm. now I know. And it's, it's kind yeah, of amazing. Totally. And, and like simple in ways, but also I, I just want to underscore what that work is, you know, that it, that there's, there's so much dark to be gotten through for you to get to, a place like being able to make a song out of that hurt. Um, And just another chance to acknowledge you, like so many musicians in my life, for being people who come back from the dark to give people. uh, And, and, you know, I really don't mean to be overdramatic or make a a huge deal out of it, but it is a big deal in my life, you know? Um, Musicians like you and that act, like this specific kind of act um, with your being in the world. So just kind of want to just just magnify that a little bit for a moment because it matters. It does, you know, and I especially feel like now there's a way that so many, there's so many ways we're in need of, of so much, but I would, I, so much more than ever maybe, but thinking about, what the last three years have been and really having this feeling that like there has to be more people than ever that have committed suicide, you know, during this, this stretch of, of history and knowing like how hurt and how dark and lonely and isolated and depressed and hopeless it feels for so many people. And the specific work I feel of artists and musicians, especially like you to, to like meet that, you know, and not to fix it. And certainly not to put it on anybody's shoulders. Like you're the answer to it all, but it's one of them, you know, for me, especially someone that maybe relates to that level of sort of mental uh, being in the world. Yeah, I think uh, the suicide is so is so final, you know, and it's really sad. And but when it's, I think you know, people who suffer from depression and anxiety sometimes the suicidal ideation comes up, and I've been there a handful of times myself, and it it's. I wish that I wish there was a way to try and like, you know, let everybody who's ever considered that know that they are loved and they, they do have a purpose in this world. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can't imagine the amount of people that may have gotten to that place during the isolation of COVID because I mean, the world, you not only was the world totally messed up and weird and scary, it's like, as he said, you're just mm-hmm. completely alone. And I think you lose that ability to get the iced mm-hmm. tea with your homie and chill yeah. in the sunshine. So, yeah. Who, uh, I mean, you might maybe don't need to name names, but I guess I'm just kind of thinking like what you said is, you know, what you hope for someone feeling that way or having suicidal thoughts. Um you know, I'm just wondering during those times for you, like who helped pull you out of that? If anybody, I guess. You know, I have this 
this really great friend named Andre, who I met also in San Francisco. Um, he lives in Germany now, but we were the kind of people where the first day we met, we like traded <laughs> shoes. You know, we were just instantly like, that's the way spirits. by the way that's the way to describe it there's no better way because you could be like we instantly just clicked and you're you didn't you just skip that that's no. th- what needed to be said was we instantly traded shoes <laughs> yeah yeah so so we've been close forever and and he's always been kind of a traveler so even when he was still in the states he would go work at a farm somewhere or something but he would always we would send each other letters and emails and stuff and there was this time um, in, I think it was 2021, it, but it could have been the end of 2020, but it was like when the pandemic was still like really, mm. really going and, and also very confusing. And I had relapsed into very deep alcoholism in that period of time. Um, and I remember I was just waking up. I woke up one day and started drinking it like 2 p.m. and like nobody was home at my house and I had had like several tall cans and I was also like super hungover from the previous four or five months too so I was just not good I was just really like considering like going to this store that called Gun World in Burbank and I was I think I don't know if I was actually considering it but I was like really Mm -hmm. visualizing it and like thinking about like putting this plan into motion And I don't know, I feel like a lot of times when I'm in need, like I don't reach out or or a lot of times when I'm like considering relapsing with drinking, when I know I should call my, my sober buddy, I don't. So it was interesting that in this moment, for some reason, I was compelled to hit up Andre and I was like, you know, dude, I'm like super emo right now or whatever. I'm not sure how I described it, but he called me and we talked for like two and a half hours. And he was just like, as I said, we're super kindred spirits. And like, he understands how I feel. It was just such a good conversation. And he was explaining to me like the work he's done in therapy because I hadn't seen a therapist yet at that point. Essentially, he was just like, dude, like, saying all the things that I just said in my mm-hmm. previous statement about, you know, letting the people that are at that place know they're loved. Um, and he just like, when we got off the phone, I was like, I'm chilling. Like I feel, I mean, I was hella drunk still, <laughs> but I was like, I don't, yeah. I don't need to yes. do this. You know what yes. I mean? Um, and what's been really nice is that, so Andre is a poet um, and I've like published some poetry zines myself, just little like one piece of paper zines and just distributed them with like tapes and at shows and stuff. And so a couple weeks later, he came over and he was like, I have this idea. We should make this, we should compile a bunch of poetry from our friends and make like a biannual zine where we just publish other people. And then we'll donate the funds to like the American uh, Foundation for Suicide Prevention because mm. that was sort of like that moment is what gave him that idea. Um, and so that's been a really fun project. We just made the second copy, the second volume. Cool. And it's like, it's cool that not only did he walk me off that ledge metaphorically, mm. he also came with like an actionable 
thing. He's like, let's, let's keep your hands busy. You know what I mean? Like Mm. let's, and let's once again, like let's do an act of service. Let's help other people. Let's help other people share their poetry and art. Like this isn't about my poetry or Andre's poetry or, or anything. It's like, we're getting all of our friends to share and then we're donating all the money to a good cause. And it's, it's been really cool to have that as like a steady line that kind of every time we make a new addition, it just reminds me of, that specific night and also like, you know, trying to stay strong and, and, and do good things for others, especially Mm -hmm. when it feels like the world is closing in on me. Yeah. So you got to call someone who has a Mm -hmm. pair of your shoes. Yeah. (laughs) You got to find a shoe trader. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. And I, I think more and more I, I feel and have talked a lot on on the show certainly about this but you know sometimes even specifically you know I'm not saying there's going to a healthcare professional can't help or getting medication or whatever you know like I'm not saying those aren't good strong options but just kind of curious more and more about the power of community to like let us move these things through us that could return or that might need some other kind of healing but that like the simple act of being able to go to someone who's not going to like give you the suicide hotline or hand you off to a medical professional, but someone who can like really truly be with the thoughts and the ways you express them and knowing like all of what happened with, with him uh, started with that, you know, and knowing you could go to him and just say it out loud and that there's nothing wrong with feeling suicidal per se, but that we need more places to like kind of know that, I guess, and like mm-hmm. maybe then move it so that it doesn't end up just being stuck. And then we're thinking of the context of how lonely and even more isolating and more whatever we pour on top of that, you know, and then, you know, one thing leads to another and we're actually enacting this, this thing we've been fixated on. And, and again, I don't know, uh, you know, like personally what the right answers are to this stuff, but I do feel more and more after all these years of creating the kind of space where we can just be real and say the lines, you know, like your songs, like just say the thing that that's, that's medicine alone and sometimes can save lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm with you where I, I don't know the answers either. And I think that, you know, just in a broad sense, just as you're saying, being able to talk about it, which is hard, it's really hard to admit to someone Sometimes it's hard for me to admit to my girlfriend that I'm hungry for lunch. You know what I mean? So like (laughs) it can be really hard to acknowledge a really, really um, heavy feeling to someone. Totally. And and so I think, yeah, creating a place that or trying to find, you know, people that understand it, like my friend Andre and a lot of Mm -hmm. my other friends. And, you know, yeah, I hope that we can somehow collectively as a, you know, the human race find an answer to that and and make better places where people feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, me too. Um, And here, you know, like I feel that here with you. Um, And hopefully someone listening like gets that um, from where they're at. Just such a, it's a strange podcast, right? You know, in, in a world of podcasts that are like, very entertaining and like, let's be light and maybe not really very like, like with commitment, not acknowledge like the places that are broken and hurt even, you know, I kind of think of some context like that, like we're just like fully numbing out and that's needed sometimes too. But 
just that there's a place and a person like you who can just say say these things, you know, someone out there, you've proven with your music and this career, this journey of yours that it matters, you know? And in so many ways, it's like so simple. Um, I know when I reached out to you about being on the show for all these reasons, um, you told me that you had some music that's coming out, your newest album that has a lot of death kind of running through it. And I wanted to make mm -hmm. time to talk a bit about that and see where that comes from other than the obvious guess. Like there's ways I feel like with You're Going to Die, you know, there's this conversation of like, well, on the other side of the pandemic, we got to do things different, you know, and like companies got to be run different and relationships have to be different and our infrastructure and systems have to be different. And, and I feel that. And it's a pressure sometimes, you know, this like, well, should we not be doing what we were doing before? And part of me feels like you're going to die was already saying the like, you're going to die. And now it's maybe in some ways more understood than ever because we've lived through a collective death threat um, of COVID over the last three years. And so that's a, that'd be that's a very <laughs> bold way to put it. Yeah. I like that. And I'm wondering if this music, the new music you have coming out is from that experience. And, and that's the guess, right? The easy, easy option. But I wanted to give you a chance to share a little bit about, about, about that. Yeah. I, you know, I think that it was more the isolation than the COVID itself that mm -hmm. played into it. Cause weirdly I, I have a history of being a pretty, hardcore hypochondriac. Um, and, but surprisingly with COVID stuff, I wasn't super paranoid. Not that I wasn't using caution. I mean, as I said, I was like hella isolated. I didn't leave my house for a long time, hmm. but the COVID didn't scare me as much, which is strange. But I think that the, you know, seeing like, you know, especially in the early six months, like, you know, footage of New York where they just have like corpses going into these, you know, refrigerated trucks. I was like, this is so intense. Mm -hmm. And, 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 uh, mortality. I feel like I've always had some sort of like morbid curiosity. And I always feel, I, I have this song called like, I'm always afraid I'm going to die. And, and that's just something that's always on my mind, which it's weird to sort of be afraid to die. And then also at times have these like suicidal ideations um, and, and for the record, I just, I was going through like a really emotional patch for probably like close to a year. And I felt like, like my time was up. Um, like, you know, I couldn't get back who I was before. And like, you know, there's a lyric, like, I feel it feels like the closing scene, like the credits are rolling, hmm. that kind of thing. Just this very like, um, disassociative experience. Um, and there was moments in that where I was like, if my time is up, maybe I have to take myself out, you know? And, yeah. and that's like the song is probably out now. It's called, I had a dream that you died was I was in that period of sort of suicidal curiosity. That's a really weird combination of words, but <laughs> yeah, pondering but, it. Yeah. And, and somebody made a post online, uh, of one of their friends. And it, to me, it looked like one of those remembrance posts. Um, like where someone's like, like, dude, like yeah. you've always been the best. And I was like, damn, this guy's dead. Mm. Uh, and I was thinking about it, but it turns out he wasn't thankfully. 
Um, but he wasn't someone that I'm super close with. But then I just started thinking about the way it feels when even, let's say, someone you knew in high school, you find out passed away. Yeah. And you haven't talked to them in 10 years. And you, you still feel that sadness. And you feel that loss. Mm-hmm. And you reflect on the time you had. And it just got me thinking, like, it's, I hate it when people die. Mm. That's like, I, I hate it when anyone dies, you know, unless they're super evil. But like, um, and so then it just, that one, yeah. yeah, that one caveat. And then, so it just really made me think about what it means to die mm. and how it's like, you know, it just had me thinking about, because the first, the opening lyric of the album of a different song called Always Emptiness is I want to fall off the face of the earth and probably die. And there's a lot of death references in it. And I think that through wrapping the record and like thinking about it a lot is that I, I don't want to die, nor do I want to take my own life. Um, but it was really helpful. I don't know. Helpful sounds like too positive of a word for the way that it felt in its <laughs> mm. creation. But mm-hmm. once again, it was, it was helpful to process those emotions through the music and sort of, you know, if I'm sitting in my backyard like feel, feel like I had a lobotomy, like I'm, I'm so dissociated and I can't think clearly and I'm just strumming on a guitar. I want to fall off the face of the earth and probably die over and over and over again. Uh, it, it makes me feel better in some ways because I'm saying what I'm feeling. And like I was saying a little bit earlier about using these sort of hyperbolic lyrics. And that is one of those lyrics now that it sort of like makes me smirk because mm-hmm. I'm just like, that is such a, such an over the top way to describe feeling depressed, you know? And I really like the use of the word probably in there too. Mm -hmm. I feel like there was something with my, my subconscious was trying to like, like you don't really want to, but you might, I don't know. Um, so that is like, yeah, I think the album for me is like coming out of a really, really dark headspace. Um, you know, some things like outside of my control, uh, had happened that made me feel like everything was changed forever and like life was ruined kind of vibes. Um, and it's definitely a really solemn album. Um, but like most things now looking back because it was recorded, you know, almost a year ago, it's like, it's, it's nice to have this sort of memory or like fingerprint of how Mm. that felt because now I can look back and I feel so much better. Yeah. And obviously I still struggle with things, you know, there's always something, but I can look back and say like, I really let it all out. And, and it's interesting because like, I felt like, felt like I was out of songs before Mm. I made that album. And, and then all of a sudden I was just like, well, now I just have an album. That's so weird. Uh, and that's almost, that like makes me happy too. That's like unrelated to the whole thematic thing, but yeah. that just once again, circles back to the, like, you're just going to do it forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, I quit music. I'm out of tracks. <laughs> Everything's yeah. done. And then it's like eight months later, I'm like, oh. here's my new single. Check it out. New <laughs> yeah. album. Can't wait thank to leak God. this new stuff. I've been recording in the meantime. Like, <laughs> yeah. And thank goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel that just feeling like you said, you said 
death, suicide. I mean, it's such a, so there's such finality to it. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, people be like, well, yeah, of course, you know, but, but I, but I really, I really, it matters a lot to like, kind of, kind of say it that way, because especially with suicide, you know, I, I would have these shows where someone would get up on the mic during the open mic and, and share something like what you shared with your friend Andre, but like minus the, well, let's just say they say the story of when they were suicidal. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it does lead to like what, how they survived it, like the way they got through it. Um, but to me, like what I'm feeling now with you is the, like the result of you choosing to be here and choosing life. And like you said, say like, I don't want to die. Like, this is what I, I want this. I want to have this as hard as it is. Like, I want to be here. And I wonder, and you might not relate to this, but it kind of reminds me of another uh, episode, a conversation I had with um, another guest, but this idea about your conversation with death. Like the music let you have a conversation about these things that let you, like we've said, over and over again in this conversation, like to say it out loud and put words to it. But but the conversation, especially like your familiarity maybe with death, that something about your your the act of your music let you get to get to in relationship with death rather than the like, what is this unknown? What is this thing that's that's like I'm only morbidly curious about? But that there is there is a chance for us to to deepen our our relationship knowing it's not fixing anything, that we're still going to die eventually, but that somehow we need to have that relationship and that your act of music gives you that. Yeah, absolutely. And and what really came up for me right there is that somehow deepening the relationship with death by having that conversation enriches your relationship with life. Mm, At least mm -hmm. that's what happened for me is that- Yeah, I got that. I got so low and I'm so- you know, close to the edge, maybe not literally, but it really feels that way. Mm. Like, and then now sort of coming out, I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm so grateful for the, the dappled shadows of leaves on my wall right now. And I'm so excited to ride my bike on the trail (laughs) later tonight when the sun is setting, because I felt all of that. And I mentally watched all of that being taken away. Um, so yeah, I think having that conversation, it's like anything, it's like, you have to let it out to sort of work through it. And as you said, it doesn't necessarily change how things are in the physical world, but it changes how you deal with them in your mind and it can help you gain a new perspective. So it is important in that way. I had a dream that. Dream that you died Somehow made it about me I had a dream that you died Somehow made it about me 
A blue whale jumped out of the water Standing on the dock that took me back to Omaha For no reason other than the happiness I felt That so often seems lost And then I got to thinking how recently a lot I pondered suicide but I could never do that to my mom So I keep fighting each day against this maelstrom I feel like a chia pet the way my hair looks dumb And my heart is made of stone I had a dream that I saw A blue whale I was happy I had a dream that I saw a blue whale, I was happy. I had a dream that you died. I had a dream that you died. I had a dream that you died. Somehow made it about me. I had a dream that you died. I had a dream that you died. I had a dream that you died. We're not the closest, but you're afraid. The track you just heard is Field Medic's single that just came out for their new album, Grow Your Hair Long, if you're wanting to see something that you can change. That's the album name. The name of the track is I Had a Dream That You Died. And then also, I want to mention that the song we remixed, Nick Jana made magic with in the middle of the show the wonderfully long title of that is Song I Made Up to Stop Myself from Having a Panic Attack Just Now. Check out more of Field Medic at fieldmedic.net or you can follow Field Medic on Instagram at underscore Field Medic, F-I-E-L-D-M-E-D-I-C. And all these links and bits and pieces will be in the show notes. Hello, Nick Jana. How are you? Hi. Good. Hello from Portland, Oregon. How's Portland? It's kind of hard coming from California and coming up here and everybody's got like acres of backyards and it's all <laughs> yeah. teeming with greenery and they own Ooh, the house and mm. they afforded the house and they could actually <laughs> buy a house. They afforded the house. Yeah. <laughs> all my family, I'm visiting just like right as you're leaving mm -hmm. in a week or so. Just all have like just bought all my cousins, everybody buying homes up there, moving up there, and uh, yeah, just swaths of land, just yards and yards of yard. It'll never um, end, it's infinite. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're getting to have that trip and play all the shows. How's how's that been going? Getting back to being with people, doing what you do? It's so important and good. I did my first in person writing workshop a few days ago been doing mm -hmm. like real shows. I mean, like real in the sense that I get to play like a full set, you know, like we've done a few, you know, little five minute sections that are, you're going to die. But like, there's something about getting to play for like 45 minutes. You can like actually get comfortable and, you know, get, get some of the rust off of performing. Yeah. And, um, it's really good. You know, like in the, in the darker moments of the pandemic, I, maybe everybody went to this place of just like, maybe it's all over. Maybe everyone's going to forget everything. <laughs> maybe mm. I'll never have another show again. And to get back and somebody's like, Hey, where you been? It's good to see you. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about you and, you know, being a musician, another one of the many that are a part of my life and part of 
our work um, and, and wondering about this, you know, in a way that maybe connects to, to the conversation with Kevin. And it's that I, I'm just sort of curious, you know, during the pandemic, these hard times in, in a way that I relate to just kind of going internal and maybe like retreating and easily being able to retreat and, and be in the dark parts and sad and quiet and withdrawn. I just think maybe you and I are similar sometimes like that. Mm-hmm. And knowing the pandemic really like made it impossible not to be that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. But then I wonder as you're out and active, especially traveling, you know, do do you do you feel like that's like unfamiliar for that kind of kind of uh part of your life, you know, when you're touring, let's say, or when you're traveling like this, when you're so active with lots to do, or do you have those moments too? And you just need to like get out of it and go to a show. Yeah. I mean, no, it's not unfamiliar to this life too. You know, it's just that, that thing that people do, I do it. I know you do it (laughs) of Mm -hmm. like taking, taking isolation to the extreme conclusions and becoming convinced of a certain thought pattern that, that, that it's real, you know? I mean, I think it's kind of what you were talking about with Kevin with, you know, just like the dark moments and the hard times. It's just like, he was talking about that same thing of just, just reconnecting with someone that knows you well and just reflected back to you, just the lightness of being as opposed to this perseverating on your failures or the emptiness or the, or the everything going wrong, you know, it's sometimes it's not even, you know, this, it's Mm -hmm. not even some, some big talk that someone gives you or some life advice. It's just, you see their face and you're just like, ah, all right, we're still good. We're still here. You know, like I'm, I'm checking in and it's okay. You know? Yeah. uh, That's good. I, I kind of, forgot that connection, that that would part of your answer would be what it means to just go out in the world. Like we talked about, um, like Kevin and I talked about, and just remember, you're not the single, you know, character in this, uh, horribly, (laughs) you know, difficult storyline of a movie, um, that, that it, it can be jarring, jarringly awakening, uh, just to like, get to be with anybody else at all. And that that's like more, uh, of what move, maybe like more, would you relate to this? Like it moves you quicker through that, that darker, harder withdrawing. Um, when you're just, you're going to see somebody, you've got a show, you've got a workshop, like it's just, it's on the book. So it's almost like you don't even have a chance to mm. withdraw and get dark. That's what I feel lately, where it's mm. like a week is set up in a way that there's not even a chance for me to really <laughs> go down that spiraling dark well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, provided people show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could that could sort of accent it and magnify it. You're just like, finally, I get to go be with someone and get out of this darkness, and then no one's there. There's, it's never certain <laughs> for me, at least it's with shows or workshops. Sure. It's just like, well, maybe nobody wants too. to come, you know. But it yeah. has been nice to connect, especially with like people I've only met online through writing workshops or through mm. you're going to die. I saw Hillary at a show, shout mm-hmm. out to Hillary from you're mm-hmm. going to die. You know, like people have only ever seen in these online spaces and then you see them and you see how tall they are. And <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> what they look like below their neck. And, and it's just so nice to, to remember that they're actual people and not like avatars in boxes, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. And it is different. 
it is so intensely different to see someone in person. Uh, I almost like feel like I need, you know, an hour to reset my relationship with a human being that I've only known on online for two years or more. And there's so many of those kinds of people in my life now because of our online events and our yeah. workshops and everything. So, yeah, yeah. well, um, I'm real glad you're getting that. And, uh, and I'm so glad you're out there doing shows and getting to do your workshops in person for the first time in so long. And, um, and I think I'm feeling really grateful, uh, that you're getting that because of the ways I relate to needing it and, um, feeling more of that, especially with this trip ahead, getting to go on the road and be with people I love in person. And, um, so good. I'm glad you're having that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Do you think our podcast should be funnier or <laughs> more like, do you feel like we're like working on somehow like you and I, we laugh and joke more than it, maybe anything during a whole episode, but I'm like, is there an evolution of this thing that makes a little more room for levity, lightness, joy, just this thing ringing in my ear of people who are just like, it was so good, so needed, so powerful, but God, I had to turn it off after 20 minutes. I couldn't even, couldn't even stay with it. <laughs> people say that yes more than oh. one person yeah. okay i would say the most recent example someone commented on the elton beardy episode which you know it's particularly in you know strong strong version of of this example of this but they just you know crying and i'm crying elton's crying and they just they just needed to to stop it and 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 I think they listened to the whole thing but it just has that sometimes the episodes have that okay right. this is so intense a podcast I think almost like maybe accidentally has just ended up being this like here's a light and lovely thing it's not even like an intense radio program on NPR it's like podcast like it has like something fun <laughs> about just the word and we're we're just really pushing the other direction with most of our content. I mean, I think we could have a little game segment or like a, like an improv <laughs> wait, segment. Wait, okay. Improv games. You, I mean, very light improv games, like situational where, show situational role playing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think yeah, we could do, do a little, a, little role play. Okay. Let's do a quick version of it right now. As we say, <laughs> go, you lead. I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> more time to prepare. Well, I think we would need to come up with a scenario oh, okay. of, I just of like what we're trying improv. to work out. No, I didn't Throw mean like there. straight, like improv, like ching, ching, ching. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Well, isn't, isn't this a store? Yeah. Yeah. You've called it. You're going to die a storefront here. What can I do for you? Why, why are you holding a phone in your hand? That, that, that sound was the doorbell, Wait, the, <laughs> the little chimes over the door I'm when I walked in. I'm on the phone with someone. Okay? Oh, you're not talking what to you me? Need? Okay. Hold on. You're Let's not talking see, can to I put me. You on okay. hold? Excuse me. I'm talking to the person okay. on the phone. Can I put you on hold for a second? Someone just walked through the door. Okay. <laughs> Click. Okay. How can I help you? Um, what do you do as a business? <laughs> All right, that's it, everybody. Just us trying to entertain and make you laugh a little bit. How'd it feel? Send us a note at pod at YG2D. Tell us if you want more of that improv genius spontaneously from Nick and Ned. I think uh, we could right. come up with little situations that we could work through. And I'm not even saying like particularly for the, the comedy gold, but like work, work out some things and we could maybe well, discover we we're some not, comedy. We're not promising comedy gold, but yeah, okay. I, I'm down. I like those ideas. 
and let us know what you think, everybody. You know, we want to know. We want to hear from you. We want to be like, no, it's just the right balance of me just being sad a lot. Um, all of us talking about sad things forever. There again, you know, you heard my introduction at the beginning. I believe in it. I believe in that there's levity and lightness and aliveness on the other side of these things. And I like to think that when someone listens to an episode of this podcast, that often when it is really intense, maybe the experience of listening might be hard or confronting, but that when you're done, you'll open your eyes to the day and see things more clearly in a way that's inspiring and enlivening and and um, worthwhile more than ever before. So that's my hope. But also we'll try to do more improv, I guess, because Nick wants to. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Nick. Jaina, have a I good was, rest of your trip. I was yes-anding your no, idea of like, no. let's make this more fun. And then I said, yeah, I yes. I agree, I think. And I'm yes-anding you. Oh, I am okay. yes-anding you. And thank you all for the ear canals, yes-anding our podcast. We're so grateful for you. Connect up. Give us a rating, give us a review, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the things, or, and become a patron at patreon.com forward slash YG2D. Until next time, everybody, take good care of your little mortal precious beans. Talk to you soon. Wow. Bye, Nick. Whoa, that, what, was that good? That was good. That, did that just want, come out? I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt. I meant to say it was yes. improv. I meant to say yes, and... <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I improved it. Bye, everybody. Until next time, join us for You're Going to Die, the podcast, Improv Mortality. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> okay, cut all that out. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>